My name is Josh Marriott. I'm the Director of Wealth Management Services at Siller & Cohen. I'd like to welcome you to today's Wise of Wealth podcast. Wise of Wealth is a series of podcasts created by Siller & Cohen Family Wealth Advisors to educate people about financial and wealth planning tools that are available to help you grow and protect your wealth. Today's discussion is titled, What Should You Consider Doing in 2021 to Protect Your Wealth Given Pending Transfer Tax Law Change? Today, we have the co-founding partners of Siller & Cohen, Randy Siller and Jeff Cohen. Jeff, let's start with you. Why is it so important for families to consider doing transfer tax planning before the end of 2021? There are currently six pending tax law proposals that have passed would significantly impact an individual's ability to transfer wealth to their children and grandchildren. This takes on an added importance when you realize how much wealth is expected to change hands. The Wall Street Journal recently reported that Americans aged 70 and above had nearly 27% of all U.S. wealth at the end of the first quarter of this year. Cerulli Associates estimated that older generations will hand down $70 trillion between 2018 and 2042. That's a lot of wealth expected to change hands. But Jeff, what's the urgency of doing planning in 2021? Most of the tax transfer tax provisions in the six proposals would take effect in 2022. However, some are expected to take effect as of the date of enactment or as of the date the tax legislation is introduced. Those could happen later this year. So for families who want to protect their assets, time is of the essence. Randy, Jeff made some good points about the urgency of doing transfer planning, but isn't there a risk that some of these changes would be retroactive to as early as the beginning of 2021? Meaning that if someone rushes to do transfer planning now, aren't they at risk of creating a large gift tax if the law is retroactive? That's a good question, Josh. There are a couple of well-recognized techniques that can be implemented when a family makes a transfer of assets that would, in essence, allow them to undo the tax impact of that transfer should a tax proposal law become retroactive. One of the preferred techniques would actually allow a family to make a gift in 2021, but wait until 2022 to see if a tax law change would impact them retroactively. If that were the case, then they could make an election in 2022 on their gift tax return to avoid any gift tax on that transfer. So what you're saying is a family can make a gift this year, and if a tax law gets implemented that is retroactive to before the gift was made, they can make an election in 2022 to avoid any gift tax? That's right. So in essence, nothing ventured, nothing gained. If you implement this technique, make the gift, and the law changes retroactively, you make an election in 2022, and you're basically in the same tax position as if you did nothing. If the law doesn't change retroactively, then you've protected the gifted assets. Jeff, are the main areas of potential change that you see as a common theme, uh, my my apologies, Jeff, what are the main uh, areas of potential change that you see as a common theme in the various proposals? Josh, one of the area of potential change is the gift and estate tax exemption. The current gift and estate tax exemption is currently at an all-time high of $11.7 million. 
which allows a married couple to transfer $23.4 million to their heirs without being subject to federal state taxes. In 2026, the exemption is scheduled to revert back to the 2017 level of about $5.5 million per person, or just under $11 million inflation adjusted for a married couple. Most of the pending tax law proposals would look to accelerate that reduction from 2026 to next year, as we discussed, possibly even this year. In fact, a few of the proposals would not only accelerate the change, but could reduce the tax exemption to as low as 3.5 million and the gift tax exemption to as low as a million dollars. So you're saying the current estate tax exemption of 11.7 million could be reduced to as low as 3.5 million and the gift tax exemption to as low as 1 million? That's correct. Some of the proposals would also look to increase the federal transfer tax from its current tops rate of 40% to as much as 45 to 65%, depending on the level of wealth. In addition, there are proposed restrictions on valuation discounts and substantial limitations on common estate plan techniques such as grantor retained annuity trust and intentionally defective grantor trust. So another reason to do gifting this year would be to use those valuation and other discounting techniques, which may be eliminated. Those techniques can be very powerful tools to protect family wealth. Randy, what about the latest of the six proposals? What are the key items in President Biden's latest proposal? The most recent tax law proposal was put forth by President Biden's administration on April 28th of this year and outlined in what is known as the Green Book. This proposal would increase the top marginal individual income tax rate to 39.6% from its current level of 37%. Significantly, it would also tax capital gains at the same rate as ordinary income for taxpayers with adjusted gross income greater than a million dollars effectively making the top capital gains tax rate 43.4% when taking into account the net investment income tax. This change would be retroactive, taking effect for any transactions occurring after the date of announcement, presumably April 28th of this year. Somewhat surprisingly, the Green Book does not include accelerating the reduction of the estate and gift tax exemptions, apparently relying on that to occur on its own in 2026. Instead, the focus is on eliminating the current step up in basis when someone passes away and actually triggering capital gains tax when transfers of appreciated property are made by gift or at death. That's a completely different tax structure. So instead of getting a step up in basis when someone passes away, there would actually be a new tax created. Tell us a little more about that. Let's look at an example. If under current law, assets worth $5 million with a cost basis of $2 million are transferred to a child at death, there's no capital gains tax triggered. And the child generally would take over the $5 million in assets with a new cost basis of $5 million, a step up from $2 million to $5 million. If the child sold the $5 million of assets the next day, there would be no capital gains tax. Contrast that with this proposal. 
Under the proposal, the assets transferred would receive no step up in basis. In fact, depending on the nature of the assets transferred, there would likely be an immediate capital gains tax triggered on the appreciated assets. Jeff, under the Biden proposal, is anyone exempt? Yes. Transfers to a U.S. spouse and transfers to charity would be exempt. It is also worth noting that there's a million dollar per person exclusion from gain. When combined with the exclusion for primary residences, a married couple may exclude up to two and a half million dollars. There is also the ability for tax payments to be deferred. For example, the triggering of capital gains tax on family owned and operated businesses would be deferred until it is no longer family owned and operated. Okay. Randy, given all the proposals and their various provisions, why don't you talk about some of the wealth transfer techniques Siller and Cohen has, has been helping families implement in 2021? Well, Josh, as you know, for our clients, we look at the three ways to transfer wealth during their lifetime. We look at a loan, a gift, or a sale. Let's start with the loan concept. Interest rates are historically low. If a loan is made to a family member or a trust for their benefit, it must be made at a certain minimum interest rate in order for it to be treated as a loan by the IRS. The IRS publishes the minimum rate monthly. It's known as the applicable federal rate or AFR. In the past past year, we helped a number of our clients establish loans to their children. One recent loan was to help a child buy a house. They locked in a 30-year loan from their parents with a very low interest rate of about 2%. Another common reason is to help a child start a business. Sometimes it's just for wealth transfer. Can you give us an example as to how the math might work? Let's say you decide to make a million-dollar loan to your child. You establish a 20-year loan and charge 2% interest, which is roughly what the long-term AFR is for July. Let's assume the child invests the proceeds and earns 6% a year for the 20 years for a net spread of 4%. At the end of 20 years, you would have, in essence, transferred about $1.2 million gift and estate tax free. Jeff, what about gifting? Gifting is a very powerful technique for hard to value assets such as closely held businesses, valuation discounts of 30 to 40% or more can be obtained to make the value of the gift even more powerful. Detailed financial models should be run to help determine how much can be given without impacting a client's lifestyle. Randy, if, if a family is concerned that the estate tax exemption is going to be reduced next year, is there a way to maximize the use of these exemptions this year? There is. What you do is load up on one spouse's gift as, a, as opposed to splitting the gift between both spouses. For example, let's assume the estate and gift tax exemption was reduced to $3.5 million in 2022, and a husband and wife wanted to gift $7 million this year. Sorry, guys. Um, All right, let me go back. For example, let's assume the estate and gift tax exemption was reduced to three and a half million in 2022, and a husband and wife wanted a gift seven million this year. 
assuming no prior use of their gift tax exemption, the way to maximize the tax benefit would be to have one spouse make the gift. The math works like this. If one spouse gifts $7 million, that would leave the other spouse with a $3.5 million transfer tax exemption. So combined, the family could protect $10.5 million in assets. Let's compare that to each of them gifting one half of the $7 million, or $3.5 million each. Since that amount is equal to the presumed $3.5 million exemption, they couldn't protect any more assets in the future. So by having one spouse load up and gift the full $7 million, they can protect $10.5 million in total versus $7 million. That would allow 50% more of your assets to be transferred tax-free. Jeff, are you suggesting to most of your clients that they gift their assets outright to children? We rarely suggest outright gifts because then the assets are subject to creditors, divorce, and eventually another layer transfer tax. A very popular technique for families considering substantial gifts is the use of a spousal lifetime access trust or better known as a SLAT. This trust allows a married couple to give assets away without losing total control and without losing access to income or principal if ever needed. It works like this. One spouse gives assets to the SLAT. The other spouse, the one who didn't give the assets is called the non-grantor spouse. The non-grantor spouse can be a trustee of that trust and also a beneficiary along with their children and grandchildren. The goal is to leave some or all the assets either in the SLAT or transfer to children and or to grandchildren over time. That way, whatever the assets grow to be out of the grantor and out of the non-grantor spouse taxable state, saving a lot of transfer taxes over time. However, if something unforeseen occurs, income and or principal can be transferred back to the non-grantor spouse. That often allows our clients to feel comfortable transferring more than they might have otherwise, knowing in an emergency they can reaccess some or all of the funds. Randy, what happens if the non-grantor spouse predeceases the grantor spouse? Well, Josh, you can structure the trust so that the funds can be reached by making loans back to the grantor spouse. Can you give an example of how the math works on a slide? Let's assume a married couple and that the husband wants to gift his full $11.7 million exemption this year. Let's also assume that the gift is made to a slat so that the wife can be a trustee and a beneficiary along with the children and grandchildren. If the assets grow at 6% and the estate and gift tax exemption is reduced to $3.5 million in 2022, then in 20 years, the family would have saved transfer taxes and over $40 million of assets. Depending on what state the couple live in and what the top federal estate bracket goes to, that could result in, a state ta- in an estate tax savings of $24 million or more. That's a lot of tax savings. Jeff, what about for families with more substantial wealth? Are there techniques that can provide even more tax savings? That's where the third of our transfer techniques comes into play. It's called the sales technique. For our largest family, we use a technique that allows significant assets to be moved out of their taxable state and protected from transfer taxes for several generations. It involves setting up a specifically designed trust and selling assets to that trust, 
often at a discount in a manner that does not trigger capital gains taxes on the assets sold. This is commonly referred to as a sell to an IDIT, I-D-I-T. The client sells substantial assets to that trust in exchange for a promissory note. This once again takes advantage of the spread between the very low current AFR rates we spoke about earlier, or about 2%, and the ability of our clients to earn more than that over time. The details of this would be its own separate podcast, but the amount of taxes saved over time can be a multiple of the $24 million in the slat example. We've covered a lot today, and I want to thank Randy and Jeff for guiding us through it all. The bottom line is if you want to use what may be the largest gift and estate tax exemption that we've ever that we ever see, this is the year to do your planning. It is also very important to note that everyone's situation is different, and our discussion today only covered certain aspects of the potential law tax law changes. If you are serious about doing planning, please contact a qualified professional to help you with the specifics of your situation. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Wise of Wealth podcast. Please check our website, SillerandCohen.com, for additional sessions and resources. team of investment professionals registered with Hightower Securities LLC, member FINRA and SAPIC and Hightower Advisors LLC, a registering investment advisor with the SEC. All securities are offered through Hightower Securities LLC and advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk and there is no guarantee that the investment process described herein will be profitable. Investors may lose all of their investments. Past performance is not indicative of current and future performance and is not a guarantee. In preparing these materials, we have relied upon and assumed without independent verification this accuracy and completeness of all information available from public and internal sources. Hightower shall not in any way be liable for claims and make no express or implied representations or warranties as to their accuracy and completeness or for statements or errors contained on or omissions from them. This document was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed are solely those of the author and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors LLC or any of its affiliates. Hightower Advisors do not provide tax or legal advice. This material was not intended or written to be used or presented to at any entity as tax advice or tax information. Tax laws may vary based on the client's individual circumstances and can change at any time without notice. Clients are urged to consult their tax or legal advisor for related questions.